Validas Tool and Library Qualification Podcast with your host, Oskar Slotosch. Hello, my name is Oskar Slotosch and I'm your expert in tool qualification and avoidance of tool qualification. And I'm Ivana Kuracic, your friendly representative of the audience. In this podcast, we support you in building a safe and compliant infrastructure for your software development. It's about the safety of tools and libraries that can be achieved by qualification. Our topic today for our 40th episode continues from a previous episode about how a little oversight in Microsoft Excel caused a giant loss of data in the COVID-19 tracking in the United Kingdom. So our topic for today is tool qualification for medical devices. Now, Oscar Validus mostly deals with tool qualification and library qualification for the automotive industry. Do you have any experiences with medical devices? Yeah, we have some uh, contacts to medical uh, companies and we have been working with Berlin Heart, for example. They are producing heart peacemakers uh, within, uh, for, for children. So this is something definitely very critical and they uh, were also interested in and say, well, we, we qualify the tools and we, we do this. So, But we might start with the definition of what is a tool uh, because uh, in when you think of, of medicine, a tool can be something to operate and those are typical, the, the tools that a, a medicine is, is working with. But this is not the kind of tool we uh, qualify because those are devices and uh, in the sense of item safety elements. The tools that we qualify are the tools to program the software in those devices. So if there is a microscopic thing that goes into your brain or something like else, there's a software in it. And the software can be written correctly, but from a compiler, uh, from a correct software, there can be a, a wrong executable. And then this device might do something wrong in your brain which is probably not what you like. So that is a tool and also the tool to test those uh, software that uh, is in those devices. And of course, those devices get smarter and smarter and there's more software in them. And uh, therefore it's uh, the tools to develop those software get more and more dangerous. And there are definitely so many different types of medical devices that do use software tools and that do have to be tested everywhere from personal medical devices, such as insulin meters to EKG machines and so on in hospitals. So definitely we need to keep safety in mind, but how does the safety of tools used for medical devices differ from the safety of, let's say, the tools that Valida specializes in, in the automotive industry? Yeah, well, the criticality of course from the tools depends also on the on the application so in the medical or in the ISO 2662 you have an ASIL or in IC you have a SIL which describes uh, the safety integrity level and the higher the level the the bigger the risk in the medical thing you have different processes to get your approvals and um, there might be some for COVID they have a very um, well, rapid process because it's a, a, a huge threat and it's um, you can take so much time for tool qualification. So I don't expect that uh, uh, there will be tool qualification in the COVID uh, area. So when it comes to some medicines here, but when you have some other, um, I don't know, for example, FDA has something called breakthrough device. When you build something which is new, and um, that might be uh, more critical than an old device that is already known to work since 10 years. So 
And there are different degrees of criticality and different processes there established when you get your approval from um, FDA or in Europe EMA. Mm -hmm. Does this mean that there are different criteria for treating the safety of breakthrough devices, of new medical devices, or is this just a different procedure that they go through to be qualified or approved in this case? They have different processes and uh, they some of them might use tool qualification and others not so. If you have a medicine for uh, for animals, it might be less critical um, than if you have a medicine for humans. So and therefore they have different uh, criticalities and different processes how to uh, approve those devices. And um, some of them require tool qualification and other not. And if it's required tool qualification, then... <laughs> People uh, should talk to us and we can help them to uh, define uh, or to explain the need of tool qualification and uh, the process of tool qualification and why we do this and so on. So let's say that somebody is developing a medical device, which we should be expecting a lot more in the future as technology becomes more accessible and there are so many interesting developments currently happening that you might be able to tell us about as well. What is the process they have to go through in order to, in the end, get their device approved if it contains any software components? Well, there are some uh, standards around um, that describe uh, how to uh, deal with software. So, for example, uh, there is the ISO uh, 13485, which is quality management system. And um, that is something when you want to ensure the quality of uh, such a device, you need also to look how it's built. And it's built using tools and uh, you have to look to the tools. So they are very rigorous. Another standard more focused on, on software is the ISO uh, 62304. They don't have it really explicitly in it. So therefore... Um, the risk management is the ones that uh, guide you through tool qualification. But if you talk to people there, um, say, do you need tool qualification? They said, of course, we uh, we are using tools. And um, for example, in in uh, the software standard, there is just a reference. It says, well, um, you need to have uh, good tools and um, please refer to IEC 61508, which is, as I said, the mother of all safety standards. And uh, they didn't want to rewrite what they do, so they just refer to it, and um, therefore it's not written in the standard, but it's uh, it's mentioned there, and um, yeah, it it should be applied. So otherwise, um, the standard wouldn't would be weaker than the mother of all standards, and that is all safety standard. That shouldn't be the case, and therefore um, they have this reference added in in order not to just rewrite things and. Yes, those are the safety standards that are applicable to medical software. And that, of course, require also to qualify the used tools. Because FDA has established a process how to qualify a tool. And they call it the Drug Development Tool Qualification Program. And we'll put the link to the show notes um, where it's described how this is done. Can you tell us a little bit in summary? How is it done? What would happen? Yes, in principle, there are three steps. So the first step is you need to write letter of intent. So say to them, hello, we want to build a, a new chip for the brain and um, uh, we plan to have a software in it and uh, we think we uh, want to qualify our tools. So that's a letter of intent. And 
then they said yes okay uh, you are right here and please prepare us a qualification plan qp so and this qualification plan of course uh, we call it the tool qualification plan and uh, it should contain the use cases of the tool and the features and also the risks what can go wrong uh, with the tool and um, of course something to reduce those risks and uh, you can reduce the risk of a tool either by working carefully with it uh, with a safety manual uh, or by testing uh, the tool that it doesn't uh, suffer those risks so that is a tool qualification plan to say okay we have this tool and we want to make it safe by doing this and this well if this uh, fda likes this idea and say yes it is a complete thing or we agree on that or did you consider uh, this risk as well so then they will say yes the qualification plan is approved please do it and then the, there comes a full qualification package fqp so this is something we would call the tool qualification report uh, it contains the test results, the analysis, the found issues, the workarounds, and the summary. So this is somehow stating, yes, the tool is safe. We can use it in this uh, thing. And that's called full qualification package there in this process. An interesting point is um, the summary uh, in, in this web page, it says tool qualification is not mandatory. So just can, is it allowed to, to drop it because it's not mandatory? No. That, of course, is, is not uh, the case because um, that's also in any other safety standards. So you should have a risk analysis for the tool, which we call the tool classification. And uh, then you can decide whether you want to qualify it by testing or whether you want to work uh, with care. So using a safety manual. And that's, uh, of course, uh, you can do nothing. So if, if somebody reads tool qualification is not mandatory, he might think, well, then I drop this uh, thing. But... There are some risks and uh, therefore uh, you have to mitigate them. But um, if it turns out that qualification is not mandatory, you might uh, end up with doing some huge safety manual steps and working very carefully with the tool. Which is, of course, not ideal if you're dealing with a medical device that oftentimes has to be used very quickly. So qualification would be a better choice. Yeah, of course. you. Uh, there are some advantages here. The, we have an episode on uh, how to save money by tool qualification, so might be interesting in this case. But let me comment on the on this drug development process. So um, it's very abstract. So it's just a three-step thing: letter of intent, qualification plan, and full qualification package. And uh, it gives you a lot of freedom, but it's good, so you can do uh, many things. But it doesn't give you so much guidance, so um, can doesn't even mention the, the use cases or um, the features of the tool and the risks. So there are some other safety standards that are uh, uh, more concrete on that. And uh, of course, uh, there is a, a own standard about tool qualification from DO, DO330, tool qualification considerations, which is a complete standard only for tool qualification. And of course, if you um, follow this standard, then uh, FDA approval wouldn't be any problem. But you might do other compromises and ways uh, here. And I think Validas can prepare you for that and guarantee that there will be no problems in getting uh, the tool qualified for FDA usage. Validas, safety for your tools and libraries. Contact us at www.validas.de and ask for a free strategy talk. You did mention that the FDA refers to IC61508, 
But what is the situation in other parts of the world? We know that the FDA is responsible for the approval of medical devices in the USA. How about Europe? Validas is in Europe. You might have some insights to share with us. Well, there's not no big insights here. The, there's the EMA, which is for Europe. But I think FDA is a um, worldwide leading organization with those standardizations. So if you go to EMA and say we have passed FDA, uh, then they will say, yes, that's good. Something like that. I expect I've never done it. But uh, most people care about FDA. And if FDA says this is good, then others um, tend to follow also, when you read publications, so um, I have uh, not found an email tool qualification process. FDA has one. So that's probably uh, the reason why they um, are somehow setting the standards worldwide. Can you tell us a little bit about the new developments of medical devices that in the end will rely more on being qualified for their safety? What are the developments that we can look forward to right now and for which qualification will be an important factor. Yeah, well, I don't know all the research going on, but I was very, very impressed from a Neuralink presentation that I saw uh, where they just showed um, that they can build a, a chip and implant it to the brain of pigs. And uh, those pigs then um, can be uh, measured uh, and uh, the chip can read uh, their brain and it can stimulate their brain. This was so fascinating to see this and there are two critical things. One is of course the, the chip that you might have as a human in your brain to support whatever uh, thinking or uh, other activities, especially if you have some damages, this can help you very much. But uh, it can also emit current uh, in, in your brain and uh, if uh, uh, the, the software would have a problem then you, you have uh, a huge pain in your brain and you cannot get it out so fast. So this is really a horrible scenario that you uh, need to avoid in any cases. So that's one device. But the other device is of course uh, they presented a robot that is somehow um, connecting the chip with your nerves in the in the brain and um, that's a very fine connection and they um, have I think 1024 connections that uh, uh, have there and there's a robot that is well linking them and um, if this robot uh, does the wrong thing and uh, it can also hurt you very much so those are for example two devices that are very critical so the, the, the chip in the brain of course and but also the robot. Yeah I think you said once in one of our previous episodes that if a car doesn't start, you can exit the car. But in this case, if you have a medical device implanted in your body and something goes wrong, well, there's not a lot you can do right away. You're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yes, indeed. But those are the risks that uh, they need to um, think of. They make a risk analysis, like every safety standard. First, you analyze the risks and um, then you can say, okay, uh, if the, um, the the device runs out of battery, then it's just dead. So then this might, for example, for a hard peacemaker, might be very critical if it runs out of energy. But if you have something in your brain that just doesn't work anymore, well, uh, you will notice and uh, you will not be able to uh, to use it anymore, but it will not hurt you as a hard peacemaker. And those are different risks in different devices and you need to identify them. And then, of course, uh, reduce them and uh, well 
of course, uh, there is a risk that you have a correct program translated to a wrong device code, and that's something you don't want. And the hardware can also be critical. So um, you might need safe hardware to reliable hardware to work and not something that might interfere with some smartphones or something like that. Thank you for this introduction to the use of tool qualification in medical devices. To round off this episode, do you have any advice you would like to share with the developers of medical tools? How can they ensure that the medical tools they develop are safe to be used? Yeah, well, the developers of uh, those devices should uh, consider the risks in tools in general. So we had the COVID episode where they have uh, never thought that this could be a problem and then it was a problem. And uh, we have seen um, car drivers going to hospital uh, due to tool errors. Um, and the same thing can happen in medical devices. So um, when you program uh, a software uh, using a programming language, so you usually rely uh, that the programming language uh, does what it should. But if you would know how complex are those compiler tools or millions of lines of code, for example, a single C compiler, that compile C code into executable. And um, just imagine how impossible it is to write a million lines of code software without a bug in it. <laughs> so that is, um, that is something that is definitely critical. And a good recommendation is also look to the known issues of the tool. So um, when you have a tool, the tool provider an open source community typically provide list of known issues that you can see, okay, this went wrong with the tool and this went wrong. And then you can say, well, I don't do this. I don't use this. And then you are more confident in the in the use of the, the tools when you do at least some known back analysis. And of course, when it comes to qualification, uh, then the full package also requires you to have uh, the known bugs considered uh, and uh, be aware of it. So that is uh, definitely a good advice to look to the known issues. Just just when selecting a tool. So if you select a tool that is not um, qualifiable or uh, not safe, uh, then uh, you need to change it. And um, C compilers are different and um, there, there can be big changes to the software if you just change the compiler. And therefore, um, better when select the tools, just consider their qualifiability and just use safe tools. That's it for today. So we have learned that uh, tool qualification of medical tools refers to software tools and that the FDA um, uh, has a drug development tool qualification process that consists of uh, three steps, letter of intent, tool qualification plan, and uh, a full package, which is a tool qualification report. The next episode will be about a generic and reusable safety plan that can build a safety case easily and uh, that's an interesting topic. And of course, the tools are qualified. Thank you for listening and bye-bye. Uh, Thank you for joining us in our episode 40. If you have questions in the topics of tool and library qualification or where they will go in the future, let us know. We are always happy to find the answers to your questions. Our email address is podcast at validus.de. That's it for today. Thank you for listening and don't worry about qualification. Be happy with Validas.